We as a church are, are looking at a series at the moment called uh, Church, the Hope of the World. And um, we have been making our way through various topics that we felt led by the Holy Spirit to preach on, uh, which we felt were significant characteristics of what the church should be like. In contrast to the average perception in this nation of the church as a boring, dusty building, probably irrelevant to all of our lives, we as a church could not disagree more. Amen? Amen. We believe the church, that is the people, not the building, is, uh, is the most glorious thing. It's God's agent to this world to transform the entire world. It's God's agent of communicating God to this world. And today we are going to be looking at the most incredible subject. And I wish, I wish we could go on for hours today. By the grace of God, hopefully we'll be finished by quarter past eleven. But we're going to be looking today... Almost 12, go back in time. Uh, we're going to be look at, looking, that's quite impressive, wasn't it? Thanks. New shoes. Um, we're going to be looking today, and I'll hear a big woo after this, at the Spirit-led church. The Spirit, you say? Who is the Spirit? Well, I'm going to tell you in the next 45 minutes. And um, Jesus, um, Jesus, we believe, was God. We believe that Jesus was fully man. We believe that Jesus was and is also fully God. When he came to this earth, uh, for 33 years he walked this earth, and for the last three, he was fully on his mission, as it were, in terms of doing incredible miracles, left, right, and center, turning water into wine, walking on water, performing healings, left, right, and center. He had a gathering around him called his disciples, and a wider gathering, and, and he was and proved himself to be nothing less than God. So that's what we believe as a church. We don't believe Jesus is a nice guy. We don't believe that, although he was a nice guy, we don't believe that Jesus is, was just like another helpful person on this earth, a wise philosopher. We believe that Jesus was and is God. Can you say amen? Amen. And this is amazing because, you know, Jesus in John 16 said these words, many of you will know, which when you realize that we believe that Jesus was and is God, become all the more mind-blowing. He said these words to his disciples. He said, guys, come on. Do you know what? It is to your advantage that I clear off, that I go away. Because if I go away, the Helper, the Holy Spirit, will come to you. Yes, I know I'm God. I know that I'm going to prove it in a short time by dying, raising from the dead and going up to heaven. But there's someone I've got to tell you about. And believe it or not, it is actually to your advantage that you have him instead of me. It's to your advantage that I go because if I don't go, he won't come. But if I go... He called him the helper. Now, I don't know what the disciples would have thought when they heard those words. I mean, you know, you've been following Jesus. At first, you just thought he was this interesting guy. And then over the years, you've seen him raising the dead. You've seen him performing miracles. You've seen him do absolutely everything. And then he says to you, but guess what? There's more. Guess what? There's someone coming after me, and it's to your advantage that I go. 
Now those words we will know and we're familiar with, but I mean, if, even when we hear them today, you kind of think, but Jesus, do you really mean that? Is it really possible that it's, it's, it's a better place to be, that there's an advantage to us being in this time of the Spirit now than if we walked along with Jesus when he was on this earth? And I believe Jesus would say yes. I believe Jesus would say yes. I mean, I, I think the disciples, when they heard those words, may have outwardly been like, we believe you, Jesus. And inwardly been thinking, this guy, what's he talking about? You're God. You're on the earth. You are the perfect representation of God. So how possibly could there be one that comes after you that in any way brings an advantage to being with you, your God? You know, it's a bit like, I don't know, it's a bit like, you know, if you're your favourite teacher. And he says, okay, class, tomorrow I'm not going to be here. I've got to do something. But uh, there's a supply teacher coming. Mrs. Briggs. She's lovely. Treat her well, okay? She's just as good a teacher as me. And uh, she'll be here just for a day or so. But you've got to make sure she's really welcome. And, you know, as an obedient class, you'll be like, okay, Okay, sure. But secretly you're thinking, but it's a supply teacher. She's just here. She's not like our proper teacher, the one we love. She's just here for a short period of time. She doesn't really know us. She's just here kind of for the money. She's just here just for a little while. And I think we can kind of, even secretly, kind of think, well, there's Jesus and there's the Holy Spirit. There's Jesus and there's the Holy Spirit. We kind of, kind of know him. He's kind of here for a while covering Jesus while he's off doing more important stuff in heaven. You know, he's covering him while he goes off to heaven and hangs out with the Father. And if there is one aim I have today, it is quite simply to say, if that is in any way in your heart, that, that view of the Holy Spirit, then it's not only wrong, that it is totally disabling to your entire walk with God. Because if Jesus said... It is to your advantage that he's coming. If I go, he'll come. Then, friends, we have to get hold of this. We have to allow a fresh today in these few minutes we have together for the Spirit of God to change us so that we see him as Jesus saw him. And so today I want us to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. If you haven't got a Bible, don't worry. The words will come up. They've already come up. They're coming up in a second. Next slide, I think. And what we're going to read, this is Paul writing to a church in a place called Corinth that was in a bit of a pickle. Okay, this church was seriously doing things wrong, sexual immorality, massive divisions, you name it, this church was doing it. And into this terrible situation, Jesus says, sorry, Paul says, listen, I'm going to tell you about this Holy Spirit. And as we see here in this next few verses, we are going to see three advantages to being a people of the Spirit that Jesus talked about in that passage in John. Three advantages. I wonder if you can spot them. From verse 9. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person which is in him? And so also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we, City Church, have received not the Spirit of the world, 
but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. For the natural person doesn't accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they're folly to him. He's not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. But the spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we, praise God, have the mind of Christ. Spirit of God, we love you. Spirit of God, we welcome you now. Would you pour yourself upon us? We present ourselves before you and we say we are hungry and thirsty for you. And we say, Holy Spirit, would you teach us today afresh in our hearts why it is that it is to our advantage that we should know you, that we should have you poured out upon us. Holy Spirit, we love you. We want more of you in our lives. We want to be drenched by you now. Amen. 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 So as I've said, I think we see here three clear advantages. Jesus said, it's to your advantage that I go because the Holy Spirit comes. And Paul here, inspired by the Holy Spirit, gives us at least three advantages to being a people of the Spirit. So here we go. Number one, the commitment advantage. The commitment advantage. Number two, the content advantage. And number three, the contrast advantage. Three advantages for us being a people of the Spirit. Number one then, the commitment advantage. We see in verse 12 these words. It says, now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, this is the thing, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. What he's saying here is, we have received the Spirit of God. That means that we have become Christians by the Spirit of God coming into our hearts. Not just so that we have a nice fuzzy feeling. Not just so that we are Christians, as it were, just floating around. We have been a people who have been touched by the Holy Spirit that we might understand the things of God. He's saying here that the Holy Spirit's passion in your life is that you and I would understand the things of heaven. He's here with a passion and a mission that you and I, with every passing day in our life, would become more and more and more a people who understand the things of God. You know, we can sometimes think that when it comes to kind of feeling God, knowing God, hearing his voice, we have to kind of twist his arm and we have to really pray hard and we have to really kind of convince him that, you know, please Holy Spirit. And what we're learning here is he says, that couldn't be further from the truth. The Holy Spirit is more committed to your growing in understanding of the things of God than you could ever possibly conceive. You don't have the spirit of the world in you. You have the spirit of God that you and I might understand the things of God. He is passionate about us believing and understanding and having increasing understanding of who our God is. It's like 
The Holy Spirit and the age in which we live is the age of understanding. Is that the Holy Spirit was just as much predestined to come to this earth so that our eyes might see the true reality of God is as, as much as Jesus was predestined to come to this earth. He's just as much God as Jesus is. He is the person of God to us. Rob Rufus says that the Father plans all things, Jesus pays for all things, and the Holy Spirit brings the power that we might enter into a relationship with God. When he says that to know the Holy Spirit, he's saying it's to know God. And so we live in this staggering truth where we realise that the Holy Spirit, whether we're committed or not, is totally committed to us understanding in our minds, in our hearts, in our lives, the things of the Spirit. I love the word that John uses to des- in, in the Gospel of John, Jesus uses to describe the Holy Spirit. We read right at the beginning. He says he is the helper. See, in the Greek, that's the word, the parakletos. And it means the intimate counsellor, the intimate friend, the one who is the advocate before God. That is the very nature of this helper, of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. But what's so amazing is that although he is our intimate counsellor, our friend, is that he's not just a friend who kind of likes us, but he has the power to give us understanding. His character is one of love and help. But the way that he expresses that to us is by giving us something. He gives us understanding. It's all well and good having someone who's a very good friend but has no power to change the circumstances of your life. It's totally another to have someone who is both loving and all-powerful. Do you understand that? So I remember when I was like, I think about eight years old, and I was kind of an intense little boy, and I used to go to school, and I wanted to do really, really well at every subject, but I was kind of a bit rubbish at some of the subjects, so it took an awful lot of energy for me to kind of understand the things I was meant to be doing and learning about, and the ultimate subject that I had to struggle with was with maths, so I don't know if you guys are good at maths, but personally, for me to understand maths was just this huge effort, and I remember often I'd learn about something at school, perhaps long division. And I think I've got it. And I go home, have my tea, have my evening. And I clamber into bed. And as I was lying in there in bed, I just start, my mind would just start to go over again what it means to do long division. And suddenly, this sort of panic would start rising in my little heart. Because I suddenly realized that actually, I, I couldn't quite remember how you did it. And, and I would get more and more and more and more uptight. Until eventually, in tears, I would come downstairs. My mum and dad would still be up. And I'd be, Mum, I don't understand how to do long division. Can you help me? And she'd be like, calm down, a few deep breaths, sit down, son. And this was the thing. My mum was my comforter. She put her arm around me. She loved me. She said, don't worry. But she also was fantastic at maths. And she was a fantastic teacher. And so she'd go, don't worry, calm down. Let's have a look at the things you're struggling with. You're struggling to understand long division. Okay, well, let's just get a bit of paper out. So let's just take an example. Do 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 And she'd talk me through it again. And she'd wrestle with it with me until I understood it. She had the power not just to love me, but also to help me understand the thing that was causing the upset in my life. So I went off to bed, not just knowing I was loved by my mum, but I actually was equipped with a new understanding. And that's the glory of the Holy Spirit. He is totally committed as our helper, as our very best friend, to us understanding the things of God. He is our very best friend. 
But he's also one who is totally committed to us growing in our understanding of God. And I think so often we might be able to get one or the other. We might think of the Holy Spirit and he's someone who sometimes reveals things to us. But it's, we can almost think it's like data. He's giving us facts about God. Actually, it's always in the context of our dearest, dearest friend. Harry Virgo tells a story of, um, of a guy called Mahesh Shavda, who many of you will know. I think he's an, an Indian, American, I think, or an Indian. But he's anyway a guy who, who has seen some phenomenal powers of God pouring through his life. He's seen signs and wonders and miracles just for many, many years. But the remarkable thing about him is that he is a man who has an extraordinary intimate love and friendship with the Holy Spirit. And he was telling Terry that he'd had the experience many times where young guys wanted to kind of grow in the things of the supernatural. And they would say to him, Mahesh, can you teach me? Can you show me the secrets of how you've come to be able to raise the dead and to see blind eyes open and to hear the, the, the deaf have their ears unlocked? And again and again he would say, okay, but you, you've got to understand, okay, it's all about intimacy with the helper. It's all about intimacy. It's about knowing the person of the Holy Spirit Yes, these things may happen, but it's about loving him and knowing him. And every day him becoming your closest friend. And they'd nod, go, yeah, yeah, no problem, no problem. And so he'd go, he'd introduce them to the person of the spirit that he was so close with. And again and again, they'd be saying the right things. But he would know again and again that actually, secretly, they were just after the power. They were just after the stuff. And he had such an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit, he said he found himself actually getting embarrassed by these guys. Again and again, he would find himself almost apologizing for their utter selfish ambition, which was really cloaked in this thing of, yeah, yeah, I'll I'll get to know the Holy Spirit, but really just want to see the stuff. And so in the end, he just said, enough. I, I can't bring myself to do this anymore. Such was his intimate love for the Holy Spirit. It was like a lover talking to a lover, the most precious person. It's like if I, I don't know, Kept on bringing loutish mates home to introduce them to Josie. Guys who, you know, vomited and were drunk and were disgusting and uh, smelly. And I was just like, here you are, here's my wife. And they would burp in her face and just be like, you know, whatever. And I'd be like, what are you doing? That's totally inappropriate. This is, this is my wife. And this is what it means, guys. When we talk about the Holy Spirit, we can rush on to the things. And he is so committed He's so committed to us understanding the things of God as our friend. You see, the word understanding is the word that God chose to use here. He's committed to us understanding the things of God. And when we think of the word understanding, we can often think of it in terms of mental cerebral equations. That's where my maths illustration falls down. It's, It's not really about understanding in a mental sense. It's about understanding. You know, it's about understanding. You know, when Josie is going through a hard time, perhaps I've upset her, or there's some external problem, you know, the greatest thing I can do, I can't normally solve the problem. Men try and solve problems, don't they? Let me solve the problem. What about solving the problem, you wally? Do you understand where I'm coming from? Is that true, ladies? Yes. It is true. Do you understand, Tom? Do you understand in here? Are you on my wavelength? Do you get it? And that's what we're talking about here. Obviously, God doesn't feel like Josie and struggling with problems in the same way. But there's that understanding. 
but of the heart, heart to heart, same wavelength. It's not about learning about God. It's understanding him in your heart, in your life. So when you come up against a situation, you don't need a wristband to say, what would Jesus do? You know. You understand him. As good as those wristbands are. I'm not against them. I'm just saying. Everyone's like, oh gosh. All the youth like, quick. I'm just saying. Do you know what I mean? It's, this is, this is a, we can dare to believe. The Spirit of God is more committed to understanding him and if we, if we knew how much he was committed, it would terrify us. It's awesome. It's glorious. He is totally committed. And as I was praying about this, I felt that the people here today, that as soon as I start talking about the Holy Spirit and start talking about hearing him and knowing him, that, that you're tense. And you're thinking, I don't know if I even know him, Tom. I, I, I often struggle to know whether I hear him. You talk about hearing him. What the heck do you mean? And I just felt God would say, your medicine... Today is to take this verse 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. That. Can you say that after me? One, two, three. That. He has come, not just to hang out, he has come that we might have understanding. Yeah? He's totally committed to us understanding in our hearts the person of God. It's absolutely glorious. You know, Jesus said when he came to earth, he said, I have come that they may have life, and life to the full. That was his mission, summarized. When the Holy Spirit comes, came 2,000 years ago and is here today, he said, I have come that they would have understanding, capital U, not a little cerebral understanding. He wants you to understand the God who made you in an incredible way. And the enemy loves to whisper to you, you're different. You're different, you're a Christian here, but you don't really hear God. You're a little bit different. There's that sin in your life. There's that thing. And actually, you know, God wants to just do battle today. And he wants to implant faith into your hearts and our hearts. That the Holy Spirit is totally committed to you understanding the things of God. I remember as a young Christian, for years, I used to just internally freak out when I heard people talking about hearing God and knowing the Holy Spirit and all that kind of stuff. Not because I didn't believe in him, but I just didn't sort of feel anything I thought or in my brain I was like well I'm waiting for this voice I'm waiting to hear him hello you know I don't hear your Holy Spirit and the reality is God talks about the Holy Spirit and our hearts he speaks to our hearts our minds are totally involved but you sense the Holy Spirit in your heart if we get, we're so intellectualized in this nation that everything is about brain. And actually, we are a people who use our brains. There's nothing wrong with that. But you know, the arena of God speaking to us is the heart. It says, guard your heart with all vigilance. Why? Because from it is the wellspring of life. It's the center of our being. So sometimes, almost, you have to say, brain, just calm down. Listen to my heart. God's speaking. God's speaking. I know he's committed. I know he's committed. I know he's committed to speaking to me. So I believe he's speaking to me. And the few times in my life where I would say I've heard, as near as I know, the audible voice of God. There was one time when Daisy was born and I was holding I said, God, what do you want her to be called? And he just went, Daisy. And it was just like, wow, fantastic. When me and Joseph were looking for a house, we spent 20 minutes in our house search on the internet, 20 minutes in total. Because God said, that's the house. And it was just like, that's it. It's easy. It was another time when Maureen was looking to retire. I was just walking down the high street and I felt God just said, we're looking for a new administrator. 
And I felt God just say, Hazel. Those are three times where I would really say, God really clearly spoke, and all of them were in my heart. You hear him, but it's not like a mental thing. It's in your heart. And sometimes it's direction, and sometimes it's just knowing the glorious presence of the Holy Spirit in your heart. It's just knowing him, assuring you of the reality of God. So first of all, the first advantage to being a people of the Spirit is that there is the commitment advantage. The Holy Spirit, as our friend, and with all the power to reveal to us the things of God, is more committed to you and I every single day, growing in the understanding of the things of God, than we could ever possibly conceive. I, that blows me away. Because I know that my, that my commitment goes like this. Anyone here? Sometimes I'm like, yes, I'm going for it with the Lord, you know, and I'm kind of... I think we're live. We're live. We're back. I think the clip's gone. Oh, is it on my T-shirt? Gosh, these things are so fragile. I'm just getting warmed up. Do it again. And we're back. Woo! Okay, I'll try and stay still. Sorry. It's like watching Wimbledon, isn't it? Sorry. Love 15. Okay. Stay still. He is more committed to us understanding the things of God than we could ever know. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't it wonderful? He is so committed. So even when you just feel rubbish, you know, it's so interesting how sometimes you just feel like life is just, you really can't bear it. And you feel weak. And I remember Gustav, yesterday, we had time with Gustav today. And Gustav's life is kind of pretty full of pressure. He's a doctor in London with little kids who are seriously ill. He's got three beautiful kids, a lovely wife. He's a man under pressure. And he just said this morning, like we had our meeting yesterday. He said, you know, God just revealed the grace of God to me this week. It's not about effort. Christ's blood was sufficient. And the Holy Spirit reveals these things to us. And he's so committed. Friends, never doubt, if there was anyone here, and you think you're an exception. That is a demonic lie. It is a lie from the enemy. God wants you to know that his spirit, the helper, is profoundly, eternally committed. And today, he wants to breathe new faith into your heart. That his destiny for you in this life is that you would continuously be saying, I'm seeing more of God, I'm seeing more of God, I'm seeing more of God. My understanding is growing. It's wonderful. So first of all, the commitment advantage. Secondly, let's rush on the content advantage. What do I mean by that? Verse 9 says this, What no eye has seen, no ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him, these things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. And what he's saying here is, is that he's he's contrasting what it is to see the things of God by the spirit in your heart, with how we see things with our eyes, or hear things with our ears. And he's saying that when you have the Holy Spirit reveal the content of the things of God in your life, 
They are just of a different league to anything you could ever see with your eyes or with your ears or imagine at a human level with your heart. So you could physically go to the Grand Canyon and go, Woo! That's amazing! Or you could stand at Niagara Falls with your eyes and go, Wow! That's amazing! And he's saying here though, no physical thing you could ever see could ever compare to the things, the content of the things that the Holy Spirit is committed to revealing in your heart. It don't even come close. You could have physically seen Jesus with your eyes and heard him. But if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit revealing the true nature of him, he would have just seemed like a normal guy. You could be someone who at a human level has a really powerful imagination. This church is going to be strong in the arts. There's loads of arty people here and creative types. So I'd imagine loads of you are probably very, very, got very strong imaginations. I don't think I particularly have. And kids are amazing, aren't they? Their imaginations are like, you know, what would be like, you know, a spoon to us is like this incredible adventure to them, you know. <laughs> kind of. Anyway, you know what I mean. Maybe not. But they, they imagination, as a human thing, ultimately will be determined just by our DNA and our phys- physiology, and there'll be limits to it. And the Holy Spirit, though, is con- absolutely committed to revealing things of God that are just of a completely different league. It's like totally an inadequate process to use our physical eyes or our ears to, in order to understand the things of God. It's like trying to use like a 1980s Amstrad, Commodore, Sinclair computer thing to hack into NASA mainframe. Those are the things of heaven. You just, you just can't do it. There's just totally an inadequate process. The hardware of our eyes and our ears are so inadequate. Because the content of the things that God wants to show us, guys, are just mind-blowing. They are imagination-transcending. They are heart-stopping. That's what our wonderful God has got in store for us. The content of the things of God he wants to show us in our hearts and in our minds are so beyond what we physically can see and hear. It's like, I think God's got a bit of a sense of humour. Because you know what it's like when you're like, God, I want to see you, I want to see you, I want to taste you, I want to know something fresh. And he goes, boom, and he shows you something. And you can hardly take it. Your frame, your, your heart, I, I can't almost even comprehend the love you have for me, for example. And it's almost like at times, God runs a million volts through like a little 13 amp fuse, which is us. Or he takes a whopping great V12 8 litre engine, he goes, right, I'm going to stuff it into a little mini. And you're the mini, and you're like, whoa, I can't. God, the things you want to show us through the revelation of your spirit, I thought I wanted, but I can't take. They're awesome. What I can see with my eyes and my ears on this earth are just like, they're great, but they're just nothing. Compared with the majesty, when you reveal things. Guys, do you know what I'm saying? It's what God wants us to crave. When was the last time you sensed that? Where you were like, I thought I understood the cross. And God just went, bang! Sorry, bang! You didn't understand at all. That's happened to me recently. That's happened to me recently. I thought I understood it. God just said, son, here, have have a revelation of it afresh. That's what God wants us to be for. Because the content of the things of the Spirit are in a different league to the things of this world that we can see or we can hear. You know, the Corinthians were struggling with, essentially, they were struggling with the cross. They, they had got, they'd start to lose track of the fact that the cross will always be foolish with the human eye or with the human ear. 
The cross, when compared with human wisdom, will always be a stupid, foolish thing. A man hanging, dying on a, cr- on a cross? How is that in any way going to reveal God to me? And this is the thing, is that if we try and think about it just with our eyes or with our ears, at a human level, you're right, it is kind of madness. But when the Spirit of God reveals it to us, suddenly we see with a capital S. Suddenly we hear the message with a capital H. We see it afresh. And you say, Lord, Lord, keep me in that place. So the content of the things God wants to reveal to us are more unimaginably wonderful than anything else on this earth. And in the, in the case of the Corinthians, it was primarily about the cross and then trying to get away from the fact that it was just foolishness at a human level. But, you know, God does it with a whole host of things in our life. I remember I was out for a run about three, four years ago and I had a sermon. I still run, okay? And, um, and I, was, I cycle more now. Uh, it's better on the knees, apparently. I was out for a jog. I won't jog, don't worry. And... Um, and I, I had to prepare a sermon that was coming up. And I got into the wrong mindset. I was like, oh, blooming heck. I've got to prepare another sermon. I've got to trawl it up somehow. You know, got creative energy. And as I was running, I felt the gentle rebuke of God. The Spirit of God just came on me and he said, Son, is that how you see it? Are you so arrogant that you think that you create the things in this life? You know, this is another opportunity for you to come to me. Because you can't do it in your own strength, that's exactly why I want it to propel you to me. Of course I'll give you a sermon. I've got a thousand trillion of them up my sleeve I could give you. But the main point is that in the process, we will get to know each other. If I have to use the fact that you need me to get a sermon, fine. I'm so after your presence. I so want to just commune with you. And I just felt so, I thought, God, you're so right. I've been doing so many things on autopilot in my life without any reference to you. And I want to know you. And I want to receive things from you because the content of the things you reveal are so wonderful. But you know, the reality is, is that often when God reveals things to us about his nature and his character, inevitably we sometimes, therefore, kind of see ourselves in a fresh way. And that's sometimes very painful. I remember recently... I was struggling with some big things in my life and I just got out to the woods and I was just out there just praying to God, praying to God, praying to God. God, I love you so much. And the Holy Spirit just started to just break me open again to the content of the things of heaven. I was thinking, oh, I see you again, God. And as he did that, (laughs) I started to see myself in a much more accurate light. And I felt God just reveal these things in me in contrast to him, just to be honest with you. Self-obsession. Complacency. Jealousy, lack of compassion, fragile ego, insecurity, fear of man, pride, just a few of them. And they sound like crushing things, don't they? You think if you someone was to say, you're those things. But when God, just through showing himself, shows you those things in your life, although it's painful, it's kind of wonderful. You think, oh, you're right. The thing that I thought was the problem isn't the problem, it's muggins. It's these things, God, I repent of them. I give them to you, I'm so sorry, Lord, and I say, take me on further into you. The content of the things that God wants to reveal to us are absolutely exquisite. 
and glorious in a totally different league to the things of this earth. But they will mean at times, sometimes, we therefore have to deal with things in our own life that come up in contrast to the beauty of our God. It's totally appropriate. So, first two advantages. The commitment advantage, the content advantage. And thirdly, we finish with the contrast advantage. What do I mean by that? That I believe when we look at this passage and the way that Paul talks about the Holy Spirit is that he points us to the truth that there is an eternal and unfathomably great contrast between the Spirit of God and any other so-called source of strength or direction or wisdom. That the Spirit of God, the one who reveals the things of God to us, is totally in contrast to anywhere else we could possibly go in our lives for wisdom or strength or, or security. Is that he is totally in contrast. Verse 11 says, For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? So also, no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. No one understands the, the things of God apart from the Spirit of God. He's the only one. So when we think about going to the Holy Spirit and, and, and praying to Him and asking for direction in our life, it, it's not just that it's helpful. It's not just that it's a, it's a wise thing to do. Is that there is an absolutely eternal and unfathomable contrast between receiving things of the Spirit, which reveal the things of God, and any other so-called source of help or support in our life. He is totally and completely the only one who knows the thoughts of God and can give them to us. And so what we realise, therefore, is actually because he, the Spirit of God, is in contrast to the Spirit of this world, sometimes there will be a huge contrast between us who follow one Spirit and the people of the world who follow another spirit. It says in verse 14, the natural person doesn't accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him. He's not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. So what I'm saying is, the things of the Spirit of this world are things like good planning, wise strategy, logic, reason. Those things aren't bad. But they are the, the spirit of the world's best efforts. That is all the world has to go on in terms of running their life. Whereas we, as the people of God, careful Tom, are led by the spirit of God, not the spirit of this world. We're led by the spirit of God. And what can he have to offer? All those things? Well, yeah. But the thoughts of God. What more of a contrast is there possible that we could ever imagine? Einstein famously said, all I want to know are the thoughts of God. Everything else is details. Einstein understood that there is a complete and total contrast in this world between knowing the thoughts of God and anything else. And so when we read here that it says that actually he is the only one who can reveal to us the things of God, do you know guys, what that means is um, we have to be a people who crave the Spirit of God, more than anything else in our life. I, I was chatting to a church leader recently, and I said, so, you know, what, what do you think about the Holy Spirit? You know, any thoughts about him? And he said, yeah, we're open to the Spirit. We're open to the Spirit. Actually, it's a very common phrase. A lot of people would say, yeah, I'm open to the things of the Spirit. It's like, how kind of you? 
how generous of you. You're open to the Holy Spirit, God. The one of, in the entire world who can reveal the things of God to you. Just, the more I thought about that, the more I thought that's the most inappropriate phrase you could possibly have. I'm open to him. It's like almost, you know, like when you sell a car and you're like, well, I want 2,000, but I'm open to other offers. It's like, wow, how kind of you. You're open to having the king of the universe come and grace a, a sinner like you, or a saint, but someone who sins, with the revelation of God. You're open to that. Einstein, an atheist, said, that's the only thing I want to know in this life are the thoughts of God. And yet we can be open to him. God, we can't be open to him. It's got to be our single pursuit. It's got to be that we are a people of the presence of God. That we are a people who are absolutely desperate. That even if we're all here in 60 years, and I'd be 90, and we're still, if there's nothing else happening, we're still saying, we're after Jesus and we want more of your presence, Holy Spirit. You know, don't, don't be under any illusions. We will just be saying that for the rest of our lives because there is nothing greater in this life than knowing the Spirit of God in your, in your life. He is absolutely glorious. He is absolutely the most wonderful friend you could ever know. And he's also the king of the universe who has the power to reveal all the mysteries of heaven in a moment. It's absolutely glorious. And so we need to be a people who don't, aren't open to the Holy Spirit. We are absolutely desperate. Desperate for the things of the Spirit. Desperate for the things of the Spirit. You know, Daisy goes to bed about seven, like a little robot. She's like, she's great. Just down she goes, doesn't make a noise. And by 6.30 in the morning, she's awake. And she wants her milk. And me and Joe wake up with both of us with the fear of God in our eyes, like... She's awoken! Quick! Get the milk! And Josie will run downstairs and be like, mixing up the formula, whacking it in the microwave, and I'll be upstairs sort of pacifying her because she wants the milk. And then when Josie comes in the room and she still sees the milk, it's like, no! She's like a little incredible Hulk. Takes on the strength of ten men. She's like, milky! Milky! I'm just holding her back, please! Josie, quick, get here! And the milk goes in. It's like... And she downloads that milk in about 10 seconds flat. And we're just like, who is this child? Oh. More! More, more of the milk! Okay, Daisy, sorry. You know, she is just like, she's cute, but she's kind of scary. Her like, milk queen, you know. Seriously, there's a look in her eyes. When the milk comes in, she sees it, and the little chubby hands are just like... And I'm having to hold back. I tell you, we need to be a little bit like that. We, we need, amen, we need to be like that. If she is a, a beautiful baby that's obsessed with this formula milk, it comes from a factory, how much more do we need to be just unrestrainable in our passion for the Holy Spirit? Please say amen. 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 Man, if we ever build a church which can just take along with good planning, as good as that is, we are just operating under the things of the world. We have to become a people. And in fact, I passionately believe that we are moving into new realms where God wants us to be a church that is so breathtakingly dependent on the Holy Spirit because we are learning together as a family to say, you know, when he's here, everything happens. And when he's not here, we so know. But there is a profound contrast from when he's here, from when he's not here. And if he doesn't come, we never feel like we've been satisfied. You know, if I walked in with an empty bottle for Daisy, she'd be like, 
be doing? And, and there would still be the Incredible Hulk. She would still be desperate for the milk. You know, the plastic bottle and everything's nice, but that just holds the milk. I need the milk. We need God's presence. And uh, I heard the story on... Rob Rufus tells the story of a woman called Catherine Coleman who lived in the 1950s in, in America. And uh, she, too, was a woman who, 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 had an, who, who saw the most incredible things of the Spirit in her life. Incredible healings on an extraordinary scale. Just, she would just stand there and the presence of God would overwhelm hundreds of people. And there was a time where she was being picked up by an Assemblies of God leader for a big, big meeting. And he picked her up and he took her to the big, the big uh, theatre and he said, okay, just go through there, through onto the stage, and there's several thousand people here. They're ready for you now, Miss Coleman. On you go. And she just said, I can't go on. She said, why not? She said, he's not here. I said, what do you mean he's not here? Said, the Holy Spirit, he's, he's not here in the way that I know he wants to come. And he was like, what are you talking about? I'm a preacher. I'm full of this, you know, I'm baptised in the Spirit. I preach the Word of God every week. Go on, out you go. She's like, oh. I, I can do nothing. I can do nothing without him. And, and there was this sort of tussle for a while, and the end, the guy just gave up. She just went off to a little room and just started to pray. Come, Holy Spirit. I love you, Holy Spirit. You are my absolute center of my life. You've, you've got to come. I'm, you are everything to me. And the guy just said he saw her, and the mascara was, was flowing down her face. She was just crying. Enjoy. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. And this went on for about half an hour. And then suddenly, the entire atmosphere changed. And it was suddenly charged with the power of God. And the Spirit of God, like an electric force, suddenly appeared in that place. And, 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 the, and the assemblies of God's guy said suddenly his, his whole body started shaking involuntarily. And he, he looked up and just saw her wiping away her tears. She said, we can go now, he's here now, he's here. And she walked out onto the stage and immediately the power of God fell all across the place. Cancers dealt with, healings, you name it. The power of God just breaking out. See, in her mind, she was profoundly aware of the contrast between when he is here and when it's just a meeting. And we will keep meeting together all the days of our life. But, you know, the reality is God wants to take us more and more into that place. Do, you, do we want to go there? We want to go there, don't we? You know, tonight at the prayer meeting, we do want to pray about Love Canterbury. But, you know, we have no other plans. Why? Because we don't want to so structure it so that the Holy Spirit's like, can I just, I just wanted to come in. Oh, oh sorry, no, I don't want to, you've got it all planned, that's fine. We want to say, Spirit of God, we're going to just drink you. We're going to enjoy you. We're going to bathe in you. We're going to love you because you're our very best friend. So when we talk about the person of the Holy Spirit, he wants to bring the power of God, I believe, upon us in these days in this city, the like that I believe we've never even seen. I believe God is speaking to us and, 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 and bringing a new level of faith and expectation to us for the power of God to break out. But you know, the way that we, that we see those things, the, the path for us is to be a people who understand he is our absolute dearest friend. Can we, can we stand up? Maybe if we could just have... Uh, Caroline and uh, Ryan and Mike some keyboards and guitar just gonna we're gonna leave some room for the spirit of God now and 
I really believe the Holy Spirit is with us right now. And I believe he is thrilled at our love for him. And, and even now, I want to just say that I believe this morning that God wants to do some things in us by the power of the Holy Spirit that will mean that these next few minutes will be the most significant part of this time for you. And I believe there's, there's first of all people here this morning and you know that this has just been something in your life that you kind of struggle with. You, you just think, you know, I kind of maybe I'll focus too much on the stuff. And I feel like I barely know the person of the Spirit. And I want to pray for you. We would love to pray for you. We would love to pray for you. The Spirit of God is our very best friend. And he is the greatest, greatest comforter. And he wants to come upon all of you today. Perhaps you're going through tough times. And perhaps you feel like you've known him once. And actually, you know, I can't remember the last time the Spirit of God really just was alive with me, bubbling over. And you know, it's not a coincidence that you're here today. Because God wants to touch you. He just wants to breathe fresh, fresh presence. So even now, if you just want to maybe shut your eyes, just reach out your hands. Holy Spirit, wonderful comforter, we just welcome you now. Hallelujah. Presence of God. Oh, thank you, God. Now, release your wonderful fragrance right now, from the back to the front. Lord God, wonderful fragrance of heaven, we love you, we welcome you, you are everything to us. You know, the Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus. He brings glory to Jesus. And he's not a scary, weird thing. He is a wonderful wonderful friend and even now I believe there's people here who you've had a bad experience in the past of of even just thinking that you you must experience something and and although that's good and when we look at the book of Acts we see a, a church where anything happens where anything is possible but it's just meant that that's clouded the primary truth which is the Holy Spirit is, he wants to be your friend he wants to 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 touch you now. If that's you, I'd love you just to come forward right now. Right away, just come forward. Got the ministry team just going to come down now. Thank you so much. Come straight down. Wonderful. We'd just love to pray with you. Just make yourself available. I know there's more people here and you know you're just struggling right now. Should I get... Just calm down. Don't be embarrassed. Just let the... The power of God just come. Wonderful. So guys, if you just want to chat to those who come down, guy and guy, girl and girl, just ask them what they want ministry for. We're just going to allow the Spirit of God just to come. So let's just gently worship Him, shall we, something? Wonderful. Hallelujah. Have the backing vocals up as well, please. It's okay. Thank you, Spirit of God. Let's just worship Him together. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Come now. Holy Spirit. Let's just love the Spirit of God together, guys. Just start to sing out in your own heart your love for Him. Come now, Spirit of God. We welcome you now. Mighty God. Hallelujah.